Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, y'all, I'm talking vulnerability with the person I'm literally turning into, my brilliant and amazing mom, Cynthia Featherson. My intention was to have an honest and somewhat difficult conversation, one that every daughter hopefully gets to have with her mom. And honestly, this ended up being so much more than what I expected. I learned about what shaped her and, y'all, I got such a deeper understanding of who she really is and why. She also brought to light things that I simply didn't know about her. You have to understand, for me, being the only child, the only grandchild, the only niece, there was always a lot of pressure, I felt, to do the best that I could for my family, to always live, you know, be one that they could be proud of. They didn't have anybody but me. <laughs> so I, I needed to I needed to mm-hmm. do that. And so I also grew up, I think, pretty fast because every year they depended on me more and more to help them make decisions. I didn't realize that you felt like you had so much responsibility at a at a young age. Yeah. More than anything else, I am truly my mother's daughter, and I am so proud of that and so grateful that she joined me for this conversation. And in our Sankofa moment, my mom's idea of who from history would be the ideal mentor for me. I think you would you would mesh so well because of mm-hmm. the way in which you all think about people and the connections and what that means and how to use them and what you get from them and what you take from them. Mm. She she would be the one to just be like, yes, that I get you totally. Well, 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 what do we have here? A mother. This is your mommy. We have my mother. <laughs> Hi, mom. Welcome to the pod. Uh, Hi, daughter. Glad to be here. I am just excited. Just butterflies in my stomach. Are you excited or are you shaking in your boots? 
tell the truth. Um, I'm excited <laughs> because I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> no, I'm doing both. <laughs> I'm doing both. Um, okay. I just want to say I am so honored that you're here. I mean, how exciting is it that the person that gave me life and voice and breath is a guest on this amazing podcast. And um, I'm just so excited that you're here, Mom. This is really, really, it's kind I'm of like trippy. Too. It's kind of trippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So, Mother, I'm going to start with an ice, a few icebreaker questions. Are you down? Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. What trait would you say that I get from Dad and not you? <laughs> Um, probably your genuine desire to be in the mix around people. I, I think I, I kind of, <laughs> you know, to be colloquial, I think I kind of fake the funk around that. I don't, I've always thought of myself, I've been thinking about this lately. I've always thought of myself as being an mm. extrovert. But I don't think I really am. I think I play an extrovert. But mm. I believe dad is an extrovert. And, and I think mm. you got that from him. I think I've, I've, I've for most of my life, I've, I've just played at being an extrovert. But it's not really who I am. Mom, I have a little secret to tell you. What? We don't think you're an extrovert either. <laughs> we know you're not an extrovert. <laughs> So I haven't even Nobody been able, is. <laughs> I haven't faked the funk. I didn't. I didn't even fake it right. <laughs> the role needs to be recast. You're not doing a good job, mom. Nobody would describe you as an extrovert. Every Stearns and Foster mattress is handcrafted with the finest materials for irresistible comfort every single night. Now, save up to $800 on select adjustable mattress sets only at SternsAndFoster.com. Lesser savings may apply. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. So, Mom, there's five lo love languages. There's quality time, physical touch, receiving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation. What is yours? Um, words of affirmation for me mm -hmm. is, the, is the highest. I would rank that the highest. Mm -hmm. I would say the same. Yeah. I don't have to see it as much as I have to hear it and feel it. Um, yeah. So why do you say words of affirmation for you? Where do you think that no, comes it, from for you? I think it, I, I think for me, it comes from way, way back as a child, being an only child, um, an only grandchild and an only niece. As a child, I received lots of words of affirmation, um, which is why mm -hmm. I ended up being mm. good in school or whatever, you know, have making good grades and honor societies and I was always after what comes with doing well. And so a lot of times those are mm. words of affirmation. You're doing a good job and you're such a smart girl and, you know, 
those kinds of things meant um, a a lot to me. And Mm -hmm. I still think that I live my life always chasing, chasing that, trying to do things Mm -hmm. um, um, that will somehow provide words of affirmation. In fact, I thought about it not too long ago. I think that's why I crochet so much and send things to people just so they can say thank you. Mm. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) I could do something else. I could read a book, (laughs) but I can't read a book and crochet at the same time. So, yeah, I I like to do that. That's That's why I like to do it because I need it. Yeah. Okay. Two, like, kind of follow-up questions to that. Do you give yourself words of affirmation? No. Yeah. No. I don't even know what they would be. (laughs) No, I I don't. So it has to... Yeah, I don't. It has to start with you, Mom. Like, it has to start with you. Like, you have to wake up every morning and affirm yourself. Imagine how much more meaningful the words of affirmation you'll get from other people will be, you get from other people will be, if you've already affirmed it for yourself. It's just icing on top of the cake. I think that'll be a, a game changer for you. I think you're right. And I, and I Why do, do you think that's hard for you to do? Um, this whole, the, the, well, you know, we've talked about this before, that the whole vulnerability thing for me has been hard. And I have to say, mm-hmm. you've helped me do a lot better with that. And I see benefits to it. So um, I really mm-hmm. do appreciate that. And I can tell that I feel a lot differently and better about a lot of things. But as, as far as the genesis of it all, it really had to do a lot with my childhood and my mom and and things that happened with her where mm-hmm. I wanted to really make sure and protect myself from that kind of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it really okay. did start, I was nine years old. I was thinking about the, the, the fact that I have the ability no, I don't think it's an ability. I'm, I find a way to have people be close to me or really for me to be close to them without them being mm-hmm. close to me. Mm-hmm. So they... Has that, ser- has that served you? Um, probably not. It has protect i think it's protected me i think that's why i do it i don't know that it's served me well um when i when i look at the universe of people that i'm around it's very small um and it's small because i purposefully made it that way um mm-hmm. I, I only a few people have i ever let in and even then those people aren't all the way in as as they probably could or should be. So that's mm-hmm. not, it's not something that I do. It's not something that I do at all. Yeah. 
And I well, think now, and I, I think now I, I do regret that now, particularly as I've become ill, you start to think about a lot of things and choices that you've made a lot differently. Um, as you, mm. um, look at your mortality, you, you do think about it different. Yeah. Mm. That's deep, mom. That's deep. So, all right. Well, take me back to the beginning. Um, take me back to home. So talk to me about where you grew up and in your early days. Talk to me about before, maybe from when you can remember your earliest years, maybe up until eight. So before what happened at nine, which we'll get to. So what was your, what were your early years like growing up? Um, you know, I'm 68 years old. So I grew up in an era where kids were outside playing all the time, climbing trees, um, being home before the street lights came on. Um, and I had a lot of friends. Um, growing up, I, I really did. In in high school and um, elementary school and all that, I, I, I had a very regular, in my opinion, um, and fun and happy um, childhood, for the most part. Yeah, mm. for the most part. Okay. Okay, and you grew up in Hampton Roads area, Newport News, Virginia. Newport News, yay. Um, which I guess I, I kind of grew up there in my early years, too, a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, going to spend summers at Nana's house. Yeah. Um. So talk to me about, I mean, you essentially grew up with a single mother. Uh, yes. You know, and I, you know, Mom, if I'm honest, I don't even really know the answer to this, but in what capacity was your father around? Like, was it like there was a period of time where he was always there and then there was a time that he, like, was just, you saw him once a month? Like, what was what was the arrangement like with the three of you? Um, there was a period of time where he was always there. When he was in the military, when he was at Fort Eustace um, stationed there, he was always there. And then when he left the Army... Um, he started a real estate, uh, not a real estate, an insurance company. Um, and he was mm. pretty much always there. So he was, he was like, you know, just the the kind of man that was in and then out and hanging with his friends and buddies and at the juke joint and whatever else he did. And he'd come in when he got ready, you know, <laughs> that was, that mm -hmm. was probably it. So, and then I was nine, I, I was about nine years old when um, they finally split. So, and the way that impacted my Did mother. They, Mom, really quick, I'm sorry. Did they no. ever have a talk with you about the split? Did they sit you down? They didn't do the sit down. No. All I remember was the okay. before, kind of the, the chaos that was, that was before. That's what I remember. Okay. And th that just impacted the way in which I stopped letting people in. You know, stop being as vulnerable. Mm. I had I I and, and you have to understand, for me being the only child, the only grandchild, the only niece. There was always a lot of pressure I felt to do the best that I could for my family, to always lift, 
you know, be one that they could be proud of. They didn't have anybody but me. Mm-hmm. So I, I needed to, I needed to mm-hmm. do that. And so I also grew up, I think, pretty fast because they the every year they depended on me more and more to help them make decisions. I didn't realize that you felt like you had so much responsibility at a at a young age. Yeah. So that that's really interesting. Okay, mom. So tell me about what happened when you were nine. There was something that happened with Nana that, from what I understand, changed the trajectory of your life and 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 who you are. So my father, um, it reminds me of you know Papa was a Rolling Stone, the, the song, but um, mm. he did a. A lot of, he was a jack of all trades, kind of, master of none. Um, He ended up having lots of careers, um, ending his life as a preacher, which is interesting, but, um, (laughs) but he was erratic. He was, when I was growing up, like you asked me, you know, was he there all the time or whatever or not? You never knew who was coming in the door. So it was always tension. Mm. There was always like, okay, mm-hmm. is this the, the 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 drunk dad? Is this the mad dad? Is this the funny dad that's going to come? Is this the playful one? So anyway, he was erratic. You never knew. Um, at one point, he um, took all the money out of the bank. And so we didn't have any money. And then, so so then when my mother got paid, she, he was, she was afraid he was going to come and take her check also. And you have to understand, it's very interesting. Back then, women had so little um, self-ability. They didn't have much ability to manage their own finances. So he could have legally just Mm -hmm. taken all the money and there was nothing she could do about it, even though it was her money Um, back Mm -hmm. back, back then. Um, and so when, I don't know where I had been, cause I don't remember seeing her go in there, but for whatever reason, I saw my mother in the closet, in my bedroom, not even in her own, in my bedroom, sitting on the floor and she was crying. She was having a nervous breakdown. And mm-hmm. This was another instance where I was like, okay, okay, I've got to do something now. And she had her check. Mm. And Aunt Babe told me, I think Aunt Babe told me, I'm not sure. She Maybe she said it. I don't know. I thought Aunt Babe told me. But said for me to take the check over town. Oh, at, we called it over town. Most people say downtown, but in Newport News, it's over town. I don't know if they called the bank. And said something. I don't know what they did. Mm-hmm. But my friend Vera and I walked. And we had to walk. Because I was going to get there. Um, over town. 
and did it. And I guess it turned out okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I said, I was mm-hmm. asked to do things that most nine-year-olds don't get an opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was kind of did, um, rebuild. Did you know that now Nana was a teacher? And do you know that she also, right after that, so that she could build up more money because he took all the money, that she was also a housekeeper? No. <laughs> and how am I just now finding this out? Wow. Uh-huh. She used to clean house. Nana, who was a teacher for many years, had a master's degree from NYU. <laughs> her husband took all her money and she had to become a housekeeper. Yep. That's sad. That's really sad. That makes yeah. me sad. Yeah. But, but... It shows you the kind of stock you got from, also. Lady. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it also shows me, like, it's sad because, oh, my God, she was worth so much more than a man taking her money away, her hard-earned money away. But she was a provider in the midst, you know? Yeah. That's good. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Okay, well, I hear that uh, you got some questions for me. So <laughs> let's get into it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm horrified. Well, I want to know, you have always talked about your ability to be forthcoming and vulnerable and open and share things. Where do you think Mm -hmm. you learned to be, or, or when, where and when did you learn to be vulnerable and open and emotionally available to, to people and all of that? Where, how, when did you learn that? That's good. I think that, I, I think there's a few factors. One, I think that it truly is inherent. I think that it just is something that I was just kind of born this way. I think I was just born with like a whole bunch of feelers on the outside of my body. I just, I'm that type of person. Then I think dad. Dad has always been incredibly honest, almost sometimes too honest, where I'm like, okay, dad, didn't need to know that, you know? So I think I think that he was an example of that for me. And he always was very accepting of me being that way. Like, nothing was ever too much. It didn't feel like any, no share was oversharing um, in our relationship. And then I think um, becoming an artist. I re- I don't know exactly w- when that was necessarily, but I think that there was a time that I realized that if I wanted to be an actor, a good actor, that it was going to require that of me. I couldn't, I couldn't be the type of actor that I wanted to be 
without vulnerability. Um, so yeah, that that's probably I think I think kind of those are three markers to kind of explain maybe where it came from. I yeah agree with those. So that I would say those things too. But I'd also like to add one other thing, and I don't think you've thought about it. And I think it is that I think you're as you are for the three reasons you gave. And also because you you saw how I wasn't vulnerable and didn't want to be like me. Mm. Yeah. I you know, I I think you're right. I think that I also think as I became older, I think you're right, but I think as I became older, I realized that I needed to be, wow, I realized that I had to be the example for you. So it it kind of makes me think of you when you were young, feeling like, okay, now all of a sudden I... You know, my my grandmama, my auntie, my mom needs me to kind of do these things. For you, it was more tangible tasks and and advice and whatever. But for me, I think that it was literally just me being me in the fullness of who I who I am and who I was. I realized that that was something that you could have used some of. And that's a weird concept because I'm your child. You're my mother. I'm the baby. You're grown. But I think I you're right. I did recognize that in you. And I also knew that I couldn't get it from you if I weren't that myself. How could I ask for something from you that I wasn't giving you or that I wasn't able to give others? That That's not really fair. Um, and then, yeah. So I think that's really, that that's a good, that's a good observation, mom. What, what would you say? And I know you have a couple other questions for me, but I want to ask, what would you say is the greatest lesson your mother ever taught you? For my mom, um, my mom had, of course, the the crazy father, um, my father. But her father was crazy, too. And in addition mm-hmm. to that, having had polio for her life, The lesson from my mom was that no matter what, you got this. You 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 and you can keep moving. Put one foot in front of the other, and and you can be as great as you want to be, regardless of whatever thing is is supposed to be holding you you back, like a disability. Mm. And so, Mm. I had times within my childhood, which, you know, it sounds terrible, but it's it's the truth, where I was ashamed of Nana and mm. and and her polio. There was a, I don't know if I ever mm. tell you this, but there was a time when I was in, um, uh, well, I had to be in elementary school. And um, Nana had fallen in a hole. And so not only did she have the polio, but then she had a brace and she had, but she was, and, and we walked to school. So, you know, um, so Mm. it was, life wasn't Mm. easy, easy for the girl. Mm. And there was someone Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Now I go to school with my mother. We go to the same school. She teaches and at same Mm -hmm. school I go to. 
crazy me, I was so embarrassed by the fact that she had fallen in the thing and then she had the brace and whatever. Someone who didn't know me said, is that your mother? And I said, no. Mm. Now, talk about something crazy to do. I'm in a little town in a little elementary school. Of course, people know that's my mother. Mm-hmm. But I lied. I just, yeah. I, I was just, I was, mm. I was tired of the people would make fun of her, you know, and the way she walked, and it was just. And I, 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 I definitely regret that day. I wish I could take that back. If that's probably mm. the number one thing I've done in my life that I feel the mm. worst about. That's that's probably the number one right there, that one. And I did that as wow. a Wow. And she never kid. even knew about it. Mm-hmm. She never knew about it. No, she never knew about it. But still, I knew about it. Mm. I knew that I did it. I knew what I said. Mm-hmm. And I still, that yeah. that still bothers me to this day. Yeah. You know, the best part about that, though, is that the Nana that I know, that I knew, <laughs> would have been okay. She would have been okay with it. It would have been fine. But, yeah, she would have been okay. <laughs> I know. So I just, but I want to, I want to, I want to offer this to you to release yourself from that. Yeah. It's okay. You were a kid, Mom. We we yeah. all done stupid things and made horrible choices as kids. But like I said, Nana would have been like. You said what? Okay. And just kept on moving along in her brace. She would have never held that against you. She wouldn't have no. shed a tear about it. She would have just thought you were a crazy little kid. Um, and also, you have to imagine, she was a teacher. I'm sure other kids have said crazier things to her throughout yeah. her. <laughs> you know, kids are just kids, you know? But I, I want you to get to a place where you can not only release yourself from it, but forgive yourself for it. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay, mom. It, I promise you it's okay. <laughs> what what would you say, mom? I never asked you this. And it's quite fitting for the pod. What would you say has been the greatest trial of your life? And what has it taught you? Or what did it teach you? Um... Probably for me, I would say the recognition that as I blended as a as a blended family with kids nine years apart, that I could have done and should have done a better job in recognizing that the energy that it takes with a a young person, a a baby, you as a baby, needed to be better balanced with the energy that was needed for a young girl, for Nikina. Mm -hmm. So I, 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 I could have done that better. And I don't think I balanced that well at all. 
And so mm. I regret that. I, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I regret that. Yeah. That's the, that's the trial and, and not knowing how to do that better. Here's the thing. You and Key, everybody, we call my older sister, Nikina. We call her Key. <laughs> so that's who we're talking about. But, you know, I think it's poignant and sad. I think it's sad that you both have kind of this shared experience that I know is a difficult experience. But I also think it's poignant in the sense that it is up to us, each generation, to, to break generational curses, to do different. It, it's, it's, it's on us. It, it can't happen magically. Uh, there's no magic potion for us to drink and make stuff. You know, it, it, it has to take intention for things to change. And so that's why I think, I think it's poignant because although it's a, it's a shared experience, it's something that it, it's a, it's a reminder that there's work to do and the work is never really finished. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. If we're trying to make the generation, the next generations better, then we have to have these types of conversations about, you know, choices that we've all made, you know? And I, I'm just really proud of you for acknowledging that, you know, there were some different choices you could have made as a mom and and i think part of it is acknowledging it now and moving forward in a way that is mindful of what you want on the other side you know it's it's yeah. okay mom like and we you know it, we still had a good life you know yeah yeah i'm 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 working through i'm i'm glad that Late though it is that I'm doing it now. So I'm glad. I'm I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. Another another question I had on here for you is where or when do you feel most at peace? Um, I have always felt most at peace early in the morning, which is why I think I'm such an early riser. Um, I enjoy mm-hmm. seeing the the sunrise. I enjoy the quiet, the just the, the stillness of of everything, mm. and I enjoy. I although I pray at night, I don't do my best prayers at night. My best prayers are in the morning, mm. where I am mm. thankful for waking up, um, and being able to to see uh, another day and um excited about whatever the opportunities are that I have that and to to fulfill the day with what what I'm supposed to be doing for that day so mm-hmm. joy comes in the morning and that it does for me joy comes in the morning mm-hmm. for me I love that you know one of my favorite memories growing up is that I loved that you were always up before me. <laughs> I loved that I could smell coffee. You know, I would wake up to fresh coffee and 
hearing you walk around or like that. There was always something to like knowing that you were up and and you had started the day. So like maybe my day would be a little bit okay because you had already kind of started. It's almost like you set the tone by you setting the tone for your day, it felt like you were setting the tone for my day. Oh, um, cool. And those are things that you don't think about in the moment where you're just like a, a mm. kid growing up. But, or even now with me being on the East Coast or the West Coast and you being on the East Coast, there's something to even, you know, it's difficult being so far away from your mom, you know, your family, but especially your mom. And for me, there, there's this comfort in knowing that like, when my day starts, your day has already started. Like, all of those things are still very, very comforting for me. Oh, so I wow. wanted to, to share that with you. Did, yeah, it is pretty Thanks cool. for that, Mom. All right. Yeah. So, Mom, what has been your takeaway from our conversation? For um, Probably that it's okay to talk about me. It's yeah. okay. That I, 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 it's okay. So I thank you for that. You know, I had a lot of trepidation um, uh, about it. It's it's not what, what I do, you know, Um, but (laughs) this is, this has been fun. It's been fun. And it's, it's been a learning process um, for me also. I think we both came away with a couple of ahas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh, you know, I hadn't thought about it like like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, yeah. that's why it's trials to triumph. Yeah. Well, my takeaway is, um, oh man, just, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm leaving with just a, an immense amount of gratitude for a mother's love. I just think, just throughout this conversation, whether it's you talking about some of the decisions that Nana had to make, um, the ways in which you've showed up for me, most of all in your in your willingness to be vulnerable, I know that's for me. I know it's for me, Mom, yeah. and I really appreciate yeah. it. Oh, I babe. Don't cry. but I'm very, very, I'm, I'm very grateful. And I'm, I know, but I just. That I was, uh, I, yeah. I, I'm yeah. so but I, yeah. a- appreciative of the fact that you hung in there with me. Yeah. I wish I could, I, I, I can't even tell you how many years you've tried to push me towards this. And, yeah, you know, it, it, it took a rude awakening. Uh, I think the, the heart bypass and then the, in 19, in 2019, and then this year with a heart attack, um, I continue to get better with it. I continue to understand mm-hmm. how important it is with the time I have left, uh, that I need to do this. And I, yeah. I need to do it for me, but yeah. I need to do it for others as well. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Mom. I just... I. I'm, you know, again, for me, that's just the manifestation of a mother's love. Because you love me, you're doing something that is so uncomfortable, <laughs> but you're willing to do it because you love and you trust me. So I just, I that's just a huge, 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 huge takeaway. And like you said, the stock, the reminder of the stock that I come from. Like, I come from a long line of women who 
make it happen in the midst of adversity uh, and transform every trial into a triumph. That's no wonder that the name of this podcast came to me so easily is because it's it's ingrained in who I am. It's a part of who I am. We're not afraid of the trials. We're not afraid of them because we know what's on the other side. So, um, yeah, mom, I just, I just want you to know how much I love you. Nobody needs someone more in their life than their mom. I just hope you always remember that and you know that. I don't need anybody on earth more than I need you. Oh, thank you. So I just, I thank you. I honor you. And, (laughs) and more than probably anybody else I've said this to, (laughs) thank you, mom, for saying yes. Cause I know you were freaking (laughs) out. I know you were like, you literally, like, as soon as I told you, you tried to back out. I was like, mom, why would you back out? I obviously want you in my podcast. You were like, well, it's not too late for you to replace me with somebody else. And I was like, why would we replace? You know, mom, you gotta, and I need you to start affirming yourself, ma'am. You need to start affirming you. I'm gonna start texting you every morning. Like, what is your affirmation for yourself? And you better text me back and not take five hours to text me back. I will pull up on you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm grown now too. I mean, I'm still kind of afraid of you, but I'm not as afraid of my mom. You know, it's like, sometimes you gotta pull up on your mom too. And you should be afraid of me. You really should be. (laughs) the credits. I think the two of you would have a hoot of a conversation together. I think you would you would mesh so well. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lentigua. Its senior editor is Verilyn Williams. Sound designer is Cedric Wilson. Managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Assistant producers are Michelle Baker and Shanice Tyndall. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you do, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to ensure you hear the next one. Okay, Mom, so who is someone from history, a historical figure, that you think could have a major influence on me now? Oh, wow, that's tough. But I'm going to, I think I'm going, for some reason it keeps coming to me to say Maya Angelou. Mmm, yes, Maya, yes. Okay, why? Tell me why. Yes, I yes, think yes. I think because of, of how she, open she was and, and able to really talk from her experiences and and just lay them all out for all of us in her conversations mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. well as in her poetry. I think the two of you would have a hoot of a conversation together. I, I just can't I I, <laughs> I I think you would you would mesh so well because of mm-hmm. the way in which you all think about people and the connections and what that means and how to use them and what you get from them and what you take from them. Mm. She she would be the one to just be like, yes, that I get you totally. And I think you would mm. get her totally. Man. Yeah. I received that mom. That's beautiful. 
Thank you so much. Thanks, Mom. You're the best. Thank you. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.